With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Awesome Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with one T McBee. That's Terry McBride as we get ready for Wednesday, September 9th, MLB. And we are on the eve before the 2020 NFL season is about to start. Terry, are you getting ready? Have you done drafts yet? I have. Uh, we just had our, uh, as you know, the... Uh, I, I know the answer to this one. <laughs> you do know the answer, but, you know, since you're off in the A-League, I don't know if you pay attention down to us lowly B-League types, but uh, I'm looking forward to getting the promotion. Uh, for the people who don't know out there, we're doing a little promotion relegation system uh, year to year, so looking forward to get bumped up next year. This is my first year in uh and actually, uh, I have a draft that coming up after uh, we finish up here tonight. So I got to knock out another one after we're done here. So should be fun and uh, loving the rankings and uh, just get really different with using our rankings, you know, sort of by ADP and then look for the guys that uh, Alex Osimo has sorted, uh, has ranked differently than uh, the ADP and take advantage. It, it's a great weapon. Well, I, I'm in the A-League, as you mentioned, and, and the only reason these are B-League and A-League is we started one league last year, and we added a second one this year. So if you weren't if you weren't a returning member, and not everybody came back to the first league, then then we we had so much interest. We said, well, let's just make a second league. I hadn't realized there's a relegation aspect to this. That makes it that much more fun, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, for this, Absolutely. so hopefully we'll flip uh, like like a third of the league just to have some fun here. But because the more we can talk trash in our in our uh, company Slack channels, the better <laughs> it seems to be. So yeah, I I can confirm though, Alex and Tom Tom JK uh, for those those of you playing along, one of the top ten gamers in the world, they heavily use Alex's rankings like to a T. So uh, what what Alex has put out there is exactly what he is using. Uh, and this is, you know, we, we say there's no group think in this. There's no DFS echo chamber, or in this case, season long echo chamber or best ball uh, echo chamber. The deal expires tonight. So we've got kind of a two part deal here. So the best part is this is one month of your NFL DFS for 30% or pardon me, 25% off. And that is promo code sleeper. With that, we are also throwing in the best ball and draft kit. Now, that, of course, you know, most leagues kind of stop drafting on on Thursday, but there's quite a few that actually are going through uh, up until Sunday's games. So you can still get some value out of that. That's why we're tossing it in for free. But that's promo code sleeper. That'll get you weeks one through four of NFL DFS. You get the best ball kit. Plus, it's also we're going to do this kit again last year. It's very popular. It'll give you a feel. You can just kind of see what was in it. We have strength of schedule. We have all sorts of articles. They're kind of like evergreen articles that you can check out. Uh, strategies, stuff like that. Uh, sleepers, busts, uh, candidates to reach for, candidates to absolutely grab if they fall. There's a, there's probably, I think, over 30 articles. Um, there's associated uh, strength of schedule. And this was all built off of what Alex does with his DFS model. So what he did is he, he periodically, every few days, went through and re-simulated the entire system, uh, season for all players, and then those fantasy points became his rank. And I think it's a great way of doing it. But that's uh, what he did. Every So every time news updated or something changed, you know, Leonard Fournette got cut, he was going in and, and, and re, rerunning everything and updating. And then we would look at them uh, as a group and just kind of see if anything was super duper out of whack. But he said he only wanted to know if something was really out of whack. He said, otherwise, this is what, what I want our content to be, and this is what I want to put out. So that's what we held true to. So and let's see how it goes. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, 
Definitely. And, and I mean, we've talked about it, but when people get in there, you'll really see how stark some of the, uh, some of the differences are. So you can identify some great, great sleeper picks, wait two rounds uh, and you still get a guy before his ADP, but at a tremendous value, but what, based on where we've got him and what Alex thinks, it's just a great advantage. So yeah. I love it. Plus the draft wingman. And, and I was just playing along with that last night because we had, I think we had like a 60 second pick clock. And everybody was going, the, the A-League finished much more quickly than the B-League, even discounting the fact we had less bench bench spots. But it, it was That's great because I just followed along, and every time someone was picked, I would just click them off of the wingman, and they would disappear, and then it would show me who was left. It would have the ADP. It was just it was very slick. It was everything. Then I would click the person that I wanted on my team. Then it had a little running total up at the top, uh, and I could see who was on the team and how it was going to shake out, et cetera. So that was very helpful. As well, normally I'm a pen and paper guy. I like to print this stuff out and cross it off, and can't do that these days. Uh, it just takes too long. So I'm I, I'm trying to change and go with technology. But in any event, let's uh, double check and make sure we actually are recording. Hey, we are. That's enough uh, <laughs> enough talk about that. Let's get into the games. So we finally are sort of back to a normal slate here. We've got a couple early games. There's like a one o'clock game. We're gonna ignore that one. That's uh, Tariq Skubal going against Jack Flaherty. It doesn't seem like anybody has, uh, oops, that's Thursday, so I'm sorry. The one o'clock game is Corbin Burns and Matt Boyd. Uh, then there's no games until six. So even at as of this point when we're recording this on Tuesday night, FanDuel hasn't even put out an all-day slate. So I'm guessing most everyone's just going to kind of let this one be a standalone game for the single contest. But we have a two-game six o'clock slate. Cleveland is hosting Kansas City. New York being hosted by Toronto in Buffalo. We've got uh, Davey Garcia going against Tanner Roark, and then Danny Duffy going against Carlos Carrasco. What do you, how do you want to break down this quartet, Terry? I'll turn you loose here. So just really going by the pitchers, uh, don't have it loaded up since there uh, wasn't a slate when I was putting it together for these games. But uh, just in general, Carrasco's the best arm uh, that we know on the slate. Uh, but Davey Garcia's got a ton of upside. So he's a big-time prospect for the Yankees. Uh, he's made a couple starts so far. He's, uh, let's see, 10, uh, 10 innings, 12 strikeouts so far in two starts. Uh, he left with the lead last time out and the, the Yankees uh, bullpen put, let the inherited runner score. So he took the loss, but he was pitching well. Uh, kid's got an excellent, excellent curveball, plus plus curveball. Uh, some people in the system, or maybe it's just Michael K. The Yankees announcer likes to call him little Pedro uh, because he's got that frame. He reminds you of uh, Pedro Martinez uh, and, and watching him pitch. He really does look like it. I'm not one to usually go in for that sort of comp for somebody who's a hall of famer, but uh, he really does have that kind of a build and have that kind of a, a pitch shape to his curveball and everything. So really excited about the kid. Uh, but the Jays are an interesting offense, uh, fifth in the league with a 202 ISO against right-handed pitching, 109 WRC plus, only strike out 21.4% of the time, walk 9.8% of the time. So it's a challenge for the kid. Uh, so he'll be he'll be an interesting spot uh, and an interesting roster. I wouldn't want any part of Tanner Rourke. I think he can get to the Yankees bats on the other side, uh, despite their struggles. Uh, the active roster is still ninth in the baseball with a 189 ISO 109 WRC plus uh, against right-handed pitching. So I mentioned Carrasco and I kind of buried the lead, but I think that's really the best overall pitching spot. 29.2% uh, strikeouts so far this year. So strikeouts are up for him. Uh, career is 25, four grounders were down last year, but they're back up a bit this year, which is a good sign for him getting good whiff on his slider to right-handed pitcher, right-handed hitters, and his change up to left-handed hitter. So he's got an out pitch against both hands. He's a pitcher that uh, I kind of have some trust uh, built up over the years. Royals are not a very good offense. 159 ISO, uh, 84 WRC plus, and a 24.2 strikeout rate against righties this year. So I think that's the spot to attack as far as which pitcher we want here. Uh, if we're only picking one, David be my other guy if we're picking two. All right, that will get us on over to the main slate. A lot more to talk about here. We have quite a few pitchers that are going to be on the, let's just call that the short list. Uh, we'll go game by game and walk our way through. We are, are going to look for uh, some discounts here and there, but there are a lot of good pitchers. So when we're looking at discounts, this is gonna be for our, our SP2s, particularly on DraftKings. We'll throw out some uh, pricing from Yahoo, the sponsor site. Reminder over there on Yahoo, their opening contest for NFL is half a million dollars. $100,000 to first, 150 max, $10 per entry fee. They do have CSV upload as well as 
CSV edit functionality. That's something they did not have uh, fully vetted out through the last of the NFL season last year. They came up with the CSV upload. You could not edit via CSV. You could. It was not very friendly. It was not intuitive, and it was not supported by any optimizers, at least that I was aware of. But they've got that all squared away now. So definitely check that out over there. I suspect there will be a fair amount of overlay. It will shock me if that contest gets more than 80% full, and that is because they didn't launch it until about five five or six days ago. So they were a little behind the eight, or just behind the times of getting that out there. And they haven't run quite as big for their basketball and uh, baseball playoffs uh, stuff or re- res- resumption of sports stuff. So I think a lot of people were not were caught off guard that it was still going to be pretty big. Now, it's not the million-dollar one they had last year, but better deal, in my opinion, because it's yeah. still going to overlay, and it's only 10 bucks per entry. So you can even if you're putting in 10 you have a nice fighting chance there to get some serious payday. Definitely, definitely. In those early weeks, we know those early weeks of NFL are good tournaments to target because there's a lot of overlay in those giant tournaments all the time. So, And tons of uncertainty. There, yeah, there's there's no uh, – if you've got a good read, and hey, this year, who knows because we don't have uh, preseason. But if you have a good read on what you think a team's going to do or you you understand their coach speak or their new philosophy or their personnel changes, now's the time to strike because the field's the – field's, going to have some agreement on the obvious plays but it's hard to see what the obvious plays are outside of a few random tra- uh, tra- uh, training camp cuts because we just haven't had preseason so we don't know for sure and even uh, the Seahawks kind of came out and said hey we're probably going to spread the the workload out more these first these first game or two just because people aren't up to speed yet I don't know what they're going to do this is Pete Carroll he doesn't know what he's going to do but that just goes to show we don't know what's going to happen. So if you have a strong uh, read on something, here's your chance to go all yeah. in on it. Uh, first game we're going to talk about, Terry, Chicago White Sox at Pittsburgh. We have Dane Dunning up to 6,500 now on uh, DK going against fellow rookie JT Brubaker. I'm leaning towards Dunning because, hey, he gets to go against Pittsburgh. Not excited as Brubaker going against the White Sox. Are you willing to choose the White Sox bats? is our question here. I think I am willing to choose the White Sox bats uh, against Brubaker. I get pretty good projections on them, pretty good home run uh, marks. Not quite as uh, juicy looking as they were today. You haven't seen what the results are, so who knows what's going on. But uh, they were looking very, very sharp today, and I think they're going to be pretty sharp again tomorrow against Brubaker here. Uh, I agree Dunning is the pitching play. Uh, just talking about him, 30% strikeout rate, uh, 10.2% walk, so he could do a little bit better with the walks. But uh, as a rookie, you know, he'll take it, and uh, especially with that strikeout. Uh, that's over three starts, 14 innings, uh, it's 18 strikeouts, just one home run allowed, 3-1-2 XFIP over that span. Uh, in the minors, he was a 25 to 30% strikeout rate at most of his stops. So he's a high-end prospect, good kid. Uh, so this is kind of him delivering on expectation uh, to at least a degree. I don't know that anybody had thought immediate 30% strikeout rate. Against this Pirates team, they're dead last in the league, 120 ISO against right-handed pitchers, 63 WRC+. plus. 25.1% strikeout rate. They only walk 7.2% of the time. As a team, their on-base percentage is 272. They're just awful. Uh, if you back that up to the start of 2018, the active roster has a 153 ISO and a 90 WRC+. plus. So they're a little bit better, but it's still 10% below average. Uh, so they're just a bad, bad team. Uh, so I like the spot for Dunning. I think uh, that's a good price. I think you can definitely get some of him in your life. 7,700 on FanDuel. I'd even be willing to attack it as a discounted uh, single start, single pitcher uh, play. All right. Anything else from this game? If we want to talk Brubaker, I mean, he's two home runs allowed in his 25 innings, uh, limited, uh, limited the power a little bit. Gets okay with on his slider, throws a sinker 33% of the time, but only generates 41% ground balls in the show. Uh, In the minors, that was more around 50%. So he's not really pitching to his usual shape. Uh, The White Sox, again, are just killer. Uh, 176 ISO, 106 WRC plus against righties, 25.3% strikeout rate. But this lineup just has a ton of power up and down. Uh, I know that stat line doesn't necessarily show it, but the runs uh, creation is above average, uh, and you can get to a stack that has uh, immense power uh, even in the split. So I really like the spot for the White Sox. All right. Our next game is – I'm laughing 
because we're going to have some fun with the pricing here. Tommy Malone is going against Miami. Tommy Malone has made two starts for Atlanta after being acquired from Baltimore. He has averaged negative, or he has uh, accumulated negative one-tenth of a fantasy point. He is 9,200 on DraftKings. What? I see no reason to allocate that kind of funding to him. He is 29 on Yahoo. So it's valuable to talk about him because we've got a lefty going against Miami. It's a decent spot. Um, Miami much better, it looks like, when they have uh, Star- who knew that Starling Marte would make the top of that lineup look better, uh, even with the, the loss of uh, Jonathan VR. We know where the production's going to come from if it comes from anybody in Miami. I said that today as well, and they've had their power all come from the, the bottom half of the lineup. Oh, well, we, we think we know where it's going to come from. But I, I want to hear your thoughts on, on Tommy Malone. Forget that DK price. We should not play him on DK. But Yahoo 29, that's a heck of a deal there. Their minimum priced pitchers are um, 25. For perspective, Yu Darvish is 60, Clayton Kershaw 57, Trevor Bauer 53. So when I say it's worth talking about those savings, it absolutely is on Yahoo. Yeah, on, on Yahoo, I think maybe that is in play. Uh, you're right over there. Uh, 7,100 on FanDuel. I, I don't think I would go to him very much on a single pitcher site. 22.4% strikeout rate in uh, 35 innings this year, uh, 2.5 walks. So uh, pitching pretty well, uh, 4-1-1 XFIP. Uh, but one four three whip concerns me, uh, allows some opportunities, some guys on base. Um just digging into him a little bit, taking a look at the, the stat cast is allowing some exit velo, 41st percentile on that, but 63rd in hard hit, which is a little wacky. Um, is Not much velocity on his fastball, 86 miles an hour uh, coming in as a four-seamer. So it's not even a situation where it's a two-seamer sinker type of a fastball. He just doesn't put a lot of juice on it. Uh, not really generating much whiff. He gets some whiff on his changeup coming off of that uh, hilariously slow fastball with a 79-mile-an-hour uh, changeup, I guess, is effective. So he's getting that done. But it's just not a pitcher that I, that I really trust very much. So I don't, I don't love recommending him. I don't get a great projection on him. But I think at that price on, uh, on two-pitcher sites on Yahoo, he is probably in play, uh, at least for some small shares. Yeah, I'd say like one of 10 lineups, maybe two of 10, but someone I definitely wouldn't cross off. And this is where we like to talk about Yahoo just saying, hey, their pricing's different than the other sites. And it's sort of a, a combination of DraftKings and FanDuel scoring for all of their sports. It, do, it doesn't have a lean one way or the other. It does have the two, two pitchers uh, and usually a little more DraftKings-like roster construction. But when it leans to fantasy points, it kind of leans shades a little bit towards, uh, towards FanDuel. You cannot lift and shift the analysis directly into Yahoo or you're going to miss things. Most people, as we said at the top, are going to wave off Tommy Malone, but one or two shares of him on this absolutely makes sense just because then you can assure yourself of one of the top pitchers, which looks like you're probably going to need at least one of them, and then you can get bats, whereas other people are going to be trying to pick one of those mid-tier, much in their mind, better pitcher than Tommy Malone. They may end up with the same outcome as him. Now, what did that other $15 do for you, which is upgrading two bats, maybe even three? Uh, So Pablo Lopez on the other side here has been pretty good this year, averaging a strikeout per inning. Does a great job with the ground balls. Does not allow too many fly balls. Trying to remember if he's given He has given up two home runs, uh, but he he does a phenomenal job of keeping the ball on the ground. Tough ask going against Atlanta here, but at 7,600, he will be in play for me on DraftKings. Probably about a... 15 to 20% guy. We'll see if I get more than 10 or 15%, but I feel comfortable going a little bit higher just because I want the savings for some of the other pitchers we're going to talk about here. Do you like uh, Lopez here? A little bit, but I did, the Braves are just not a team that I like to go after uh, as far as an opposing as far as an opposing offense. There's there's just a lot of quality, and they hit righties pretty well. Uh, even the right-handed hitters in that lineup, we've talked about it a few times. I wrote about them today. Uh, even going down to guys like Austin Riley, Adam Duvall, who don't have great uh, contact reputations, those guys have been smoking righties uh, for pretty good triple slash and a lot of power this year. So top to bottom, this this lineup can just get to right-handed pitching. Uh, Lopez has been pitching pretty well, though. That said, uh, he added a cutter. He's using it just about 10% of the time. And we've seen cutters make a lot of difference for guys this year. 
not a ton of usage, but it seems like it's setting up some of his other stuff better and improving the whiff on some of his other pitches. Uh, so something to keep an eye on there. 23.6% strikeout. So the K's are up a little bit, only two home runs allowed in 38 and a third innings. Still a, a tough ask against that offense. Um, I don't get a great projection on him for 8,000 on FanDuel. So, uh, you know, may, what was his DK price? Uh, Sorry, I just clicked on to Rick Porcello. But if we are looking at uh, Pablo Lopez, he is 7,600. Yeah, I think we can probably do better uh, at that tier of pricing on DK. So uh, we'll, we'll go fishing around, but uh, keep him in mind, you know, maybe book him like a 10%er in uh, crunches and then get to him a little less than that, I would think. All right. Speaking of uh, Rick Porcello, he's the next guy up, 7,900. Hey, he is in that. Pablo Lopez uh, price point. Now we also have Jorge Lopez on this, not to be confused. Uh, going against the Mets, not easy this year. Surprisingly, they have really been uh, compiling some talent over the last couple seasons, and it's all starting to come together for them. Lopez is 5,900, however, so that is something worth noting. In his last two starts, 88 and 63 pitches, uh, he should be good to go. He's a, And he's a former starter for uh, the Royals. He should be good to go for 85, even 90 pitches. Um, that At that price point, I'm willing to roll the dice against the Mets just a little bit. Rick Porcello, on the other hand, 7,900, going against Baltimore. No more Anthony Santander. Rick Porcello, never exciting, but he has gone 186, 64, and 94 pitches in his last four. So what do you want to do with this pair of pitching? I never like to roster Rick Porcello. <laughs> I really don't, but I get an okay projection for him. Uh, FanDuel, he's only 6,900, so I mean, he's super cheap over there if you really wanted to do it. There's not much in this Orioles offense. I know they were frisky early in the year, but they lost Santander probably for the rest of the year, uh, and there's just not a lot that I really worry about there, so I think Porcello could have one of those okay functional type of starts. He's never going to strike out a ton of guys. Uh, he's a 19.5% this year, not walking too many guys, 5.9% walks, putting a few too many on base with a one, four, six whip and a four, five, two X FIP is not the greatest sign in the world. But again, we're looking for kind of a functional inexpensive start to get us by here with him. If we roll him out and I think he could do that here. Uh, Jorge Lopez on the other side, not so much. Uh, this Mets offense is one I don't really like to tangle with. Uh, I, I respect what they're doing, and uh, I, I think that they'll be uh, able to get to him. He's got kind of a limited arsenal this year, sitting 14th uh, percentile exit velocity, 45th hard hit rate, 25th percentile ex Wobo over his uh, six games, two starts. Uh, it's a small sample, 19 innings, uh, only 13 strikeouts. Sinker baller doesn't generate a ton of whiff, uh, a little bit on his curveball, but uh, I just don't think the strikeouts are going to be there for him. And I think the power on the other side is definitely going to be there. Getting some good power marks for the usual suspects in the Mets lineup here. So uh, I think that's a team uh, we can attack definitely for bats. We can look to stack some Mets. And I think we can, in limited fashion, maybe uncomfortably roll out some Rick Porcello. I think we're going to, yeah, that, that's the exact phrasing. Because when I talk about our next two pitchers, all of a sudden Porcello takes another two steps forward, and these guys are taking two steps back. Julio Teheran does have the uh, matchup going against Texas in Texas. He will be facing Kyle Cody, who will be making his second start. Cody's been working out of the bullpen a little bit. His last start against, uh, I believe it was the Mariners, he went three innings, 45 pitches. I would expect something in the 50-55 pitch range. They just kind of want to see what they have with this kid. He's been pretty good through the relief outings, but it's tough to get a full read of what he is doing. He is 5,400, and for that alone, I think he should at least be somewhat in play in your player pool if you're doing 150 uh, lineups. On the other side, Tehran, 7,400. The power is awful. Well, unless you're opposing hitters, both sides of the plates hit. And by the way, that flipped a couple years ago where this used to be the rallying cry, take lefties against Julio Teheran. It actually is, has, it's bad against lefties. It got a little bit better against lefties and a whole lot worse against righties. He's just not good. Basically, wait for it. Yeah, he's Rick Porcello right now. Um, except maybe a little, maybe not as many strikeout upsides. Uh, basically... Gosh. Uh, I, I hate to say it, 20 earned runs in 22 innings, that's not good. Uh, 13 strikeouts in 22 innings, that's not good. 10 walks in those 22 innings, still not good. Seven home runs. So he's just kind of a disaster. Is there any redeeming 
uh, qualities for him going in this matchup, where, as you've pointed out on many of our shows, we only have to miss Joey Gallo. Yeah, uh, that's really <laughs> the, the thing I would say. It's not so much a redeeming value about him, but more like an insult uh, about the opposing offense. If uh, Rick Porcello juggles then... juggles chainsaws, Julio Teron lights them on fire before juggling them. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. So, yeah, I, I mean, this is like a squishy thing meets soft place kind of a situation as opposed to a rock meet hard place. Uh, the Rangers are 145 ISO against righties, 69 WRC plus. They only strike out 21.9% of the time in their favor and walk 10.6% of the time. Uh, Teron, like you said, not much here. Uh, 2.78 home run per nine this year, which equates to the seven home runs in uh, 22 and two thirds innings that you, uh, that you mentioned. Throws the sinker 32% of the time, but only generates 36% ground balls, which is down from the last two years. Tons of bad contact, just not pitching well, no strikeouts. So, yeah, I think we can maybe even get to some Rangers stacks against them, crazy as that is. Maybe not five-mans, but maybe a couple three-mans key in the middle of the lineup, the two guys immediately surrounding Joey Gallo if it's like Shinsu Chu around him. Uh, I wouldn't go nuts with that, but I think this is a pitcher I do usually like to get some offense against, and Joey Gallo could hit five home runs against him tomorrow. <laughs> the upside is very real. Not quite that, but uh, you know he's not going to set records, but uh, there's definitely upside there tomorrow. So pitcher I like to go after. And uh, yeah, I agree on uh, Kyle Cody. Cheap enough that he's definitely in play. Uh, he's a mid-20s strikeout rate in the minor leagues. Uh, his uh, seven and a third innings, he walked five, struck out eight so far. Uh, so We'll see what we've got with him. Um, the Angels are a better-than-I-expected team. When I was looking at them uh, yesterday, I noticed it. Uh, 185 ISO and a 118 WRC-plus against right-handed pitching. Only a 20.9% strikeout rate and 11.5% walks. So hitting profiles actually decently well against uh, against righties. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, for this lineup. So I wouldn't tangle with them too much if it was a more expensive pitcher, but just based on the discount, He's going to be cheaper than some of the bats on DK tomorrow, so I think you can get to him. All right, continuing along here, we've got Colorado against San Diego. They're seemingly playing for the 15,000th time this season. Zach Davies is going for San Diego. He is 8,700. We know that Colorado is uh, bad on the road, and that's bad even with the using advanced metrics to neutralize the fact that they are on the road and, ball, and account for them not being in Coors Field. They score about uh, 25% less runs when they're on the road, uh, even with those everything neutralizing Coors Field. So Zach Davies somewhat in play here. I always hesitate taking Zach Davies, but he's put together a bunch of good outings this season. He's throwing the ball, uh, 105 pitches, 93, 109, 85, 85, 84. Uh, he's put up 25, 25, 28, 18, 18, 27 DK points. Uh, seven, six, eight, five, seven, six innings. I'm willing to pay 8,700 for him in this matchup. That's not something I initially thought. So I'm curious if you've noticed anything changing in his pitching repertoire. He's got a 2-2 ERA with a, uh, less than a base runner per inning, which is just phenomenal. Uh, he also is striking out generously one per inning. It's probably closer to 0.89. I'm just doing the math in my head, but... Uh, that's a lot more than I'm expecting from him. I did not think I would say this. On the other hand, Antonio Sensatella, 7,200, heavy ground ball pitcher going against um, the pod squad. No interest in him whatsoever. This is where I'd rather roll the dice with Cody in the savings or where I'm starting to look at one of the Lopez uh, pitchers for savings. Yeah, I think uh, I would have just given you back the uh, quote from Major League. If you had said you were interested in Sensatella there, I would have just said cross him off then. Uh, that is... <laughs> That is not a pitcher we want to get to. Uh, not against that Padres offense at all. Second best in baseball against righties, 251 ISO, 134 WRC plus is first overall in baseball. 10.4% uh, walk rate, 355 on base percentage against righties. Do not play uh, Sensatella. Play some Padres offense. Thank me later. Uh, Davies, 
Yeah, it, it's weird. I kind of think we can get there. Um, I don't like the price as much on FanDuel at 9000 but as like a weird SP2 that ho- or probably a SP1, uh, mid-tier SP1, I guess, uh, on DK at that price. Yeah, he's in play. And I don't know how many people will go to him because he doesn't have a great reputation. Like you said, he's not somebody I'm comfortable even really recommending. <laughs> But 22.6% strikeout rate this year, 0.93 whip is excellent, uh, 4.29 xFIP. So the ERA, the back of the baseball cards are very real. Poking around at uh, you know, some of the changes he might have made, uh, he's up to 22.6 strikeouts, like I said, which is uh, up from his career 17.2. So that's a significant uptick. Uh, he added 200 RPMs of spin to his uh, two-seamer. So it's a, it's a two-seam sinking fastball. Uh, and that seems to be making a pretty good difference for him. Uh, we've talked about spin rate with some of the other guys and, uh, you know, the changes that it makes on how the swing plane changes and how where guys are looking for that pitch changes. Uh, so it sets up the rest of his stuff a little bit and it helps him get some whiff on his changeup. He's not getting a lot of whiff on the two seamer at all, but the changeup whiff is increased. So it's interesting. It might be a real enough change that could support that he's a better pitcher now than the guy that we've known. Uh, against this Rockies team, which is, as we've talked about the last two days, bad against righty pitchers by a significant margin to, compared to the rest of the league and bad on the road. I think we can roll out some Davies here. I might even be willing to get there on the one pitcher site, but I'm going to let Alex's top starter tool make that decision for me tomorrow, I think. Yeah, the 30% strikeout rate is incredibly high against righties. If we go all the way back to including 2018 and 19, that drops to just about 20%. I was trying to see if anything different has really changed. Last year, he was on the uh, injured list two or maybe even three times. I'm just trying to eyeball it here. I know he had a, a shoulder issue and a back issue. I can't remember if those were... Uh, if the shoulder issue caused the back issue and that was the two DL or uh, injured list stints, or it was just dealing with the shoulder inflammation, but he is think something has definitely changed with him this year. Last year. I mean, his, he was getting, here's his last few games. He, he never topped more than five innings. They're all four or five innings, two strikeouts, two strikeouts, four, three, four, two, three, four, two, one. Again, those were all four or five inning outing. That, that that's like no strikeouts. He's I, getting a boatload of them now. I just I don't know what's changed, but something. This is big enough and sustained enough. I don't think it's luck. Yeah, no, I think it, I think it's really all about that uh, setting up that changeup the way he is, especially two same handed uh, same handed hitters. It makes sense. It tracks that that would be it. I just didn't think he had it in him, so it's still kind of surprising to me. So it's until it's they make an adjustment, and then we're going to get back to this. They're going to sit on that pitch. They're rocking right, yeah. exactly. So we're playing with fire. Another guy juggling chainsaws. Are they on fire yet or not? I don't know, but we'll see. I'm, I'm willing to. I'm willing to risk it. Now we've got some pitchers. You Darvish going against Cincinnati. Trevor Bauer returning the favor uh, on the other side. Eleven thousand five hundred for Darvish. Uh, 10,900 for Bauer. We already mentioned that they're two of the three most expensive pitchers. Uh, 60 on DraftKings, or pardon me, Yahoo for, for Darvish. 57 is Kershaw, and then Bauer's 53. Creme de la creme here, Terry. We don't get these guys that often. Take it away. I love this game. I want to watch this game. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, it's just a, it's a great setup. Two great starters, two good offenses going against each other in good, you know, good spots for their splits. So, Tough spot to decide on what I want to do with the rosters, the lineups. I might just play all of it and hope <laughs> best, to be honest. But uh, love Bauer, 25.2% career strikeout, 35.9% this year, way up. Uh, he's taken his cutter usage up from 16% uh, to 23%, which, again, is another uh, one of those improvements we've talked about with a bunch of guys. Improves his pitch mix, sets up some of the other stuff. Uh, he's got an absurd and abusive 2753 spin on his four seam fastball. That's 300 above what it was last year when he was already dominant with that pitch. He's taken it up to 25% whiff. That fastball sets everything up, and then he worked in that cutter and he's throwing that more and using things differently. The guy likes to experiment with his pitch mix, and he's just found it right now. Uh, so, whatever he's doing, all of that working really, really well. That said, Cubby's on the other side, 203 ISO, fifth best in the majors. 106 WRC plus fifth uh, is, is up there in the majors against righties 25% strikeouts. So there will be strikeout opportunity for Bauer here. 
I think he's going to put up a good game from that perspective, but we could see some power against him. We could see some scoring against him. Tricky, tricky, tricky spot. Similar with Darvish on the other side. He's throwing the cutter. It's he's throwing it 45% of the time. It's his primary pitch. Uh, He had a conversation with the other guy we're talking about in this game before last season, uh, when Darvish was having all his struggles, he spoke to, well, texted with Trevor Bauer. This was in a Cubs blog I was reading last week. I mentioned it on last week's show. Uh, and Bauer basically told him, look, you've got the best stuff in the league. Just focus on throwing it over the white thing and let the guys try and beat you. And he credits Trevor Bauer for saving his career. He started throwing the cutter more and he's just focusing on throwing strikes and, and beating pitch, beating hitters with his stuff. And the strikeout rate is back up. Everything's working for him. He's just 30, uh, 30% career strikeout rate, 33% uh, this year. Cut his walks in half this year at 4.2% so far. Dominant, just absolutely crushing all the uh, hard hit rates, uh, with, uh, exit velocity. x is in the 89th percentile, 90th of hard hit rates. So great, great year. The Reds, on the other hand, against right-handed pitching, fourth best in baseball, 204 ISO as a team, 101 WRC+. Plus. Well, strike out 24.3% of the time, but walk 12.2% of the time. So some patient, good hitters in there. We like a lot of those lefty Reds bats. This is going to be a really interesting game. I can't wait to see what Alex thinks of this one. All right. We have our next one. It's kind of fun. I'm looking at, and I don't rec. I don't know if these are Houston throwbacks or some sort of minor league thing, or I think it might be a Nationals uniform. I'm trying to find Yes, it's Luis, Luis Garcia. This was an adventure when I was calling up the right Luis Garcia in fan graphs. Uh, I'm looking at the DK picture. I'm trying to, I need to go do a little Google image search to see if they actually are using the uh, Nationals infielder, Luis Garcia's picture <laughs> for the picture. So this will be his second appearance uh, this season. He went four and a third innings. Uh, four days ago, five days ago now against the Angels. Looks like he's got Welcome to the best day of the year. So Draft day. What's that? Oh, I've got a live draft going on in the background. Thank you, ESPN. I thought I turned that down. Uh, ah, you too, huh? They had their eye yes. on him too. Well, it's, it's, it, it's uh, what do you call um It's not PPR. Ah, so I'm glad I quickly looked at the Because they had their the eye on him too. I'm like, why is, why is the, where, what's going on with all these default... Uh, settings here so i i was like oh okay good i don't have to go too crazy i i this is a league i've been in forever i just forgot yeah. that that we, i have two of them on left on on ah, espn once full because they had their eye on him too not it's old school so uh in any event there i'm picking fifth so i already know who i'm gonna get sorry but back to the luis garcia conundrum um it was an adventure ah, there's about five because they had their eye on him Garcia's. too on uh, fan groups, and I picked the correct one, bringing them into my custom report. So I'm very happy with that. But I was laughing because I didn't recognize uh, what TK was doing there. Um, so anyway, we've got him. Yes, for the price uh, in play going against Oakland. Oakland's lineup has been hit or miss lately. They had benched Chris Davis for ineffectiveness at this point, or to clear his head, or whatever they were saying. Um, so I'm not as scared against them. I still enjoy stacking Oakland because they are so boomer bust, but they do have a lot of strikeouts. So Garcia at 6,200 is in ah, play a little bit here, just for a, they had their eye on him too. differentiation cheapy. Jesus Lusardo on the other side, a lefty going against Houston. That breaks one of my cardinal rules. I can't do that. On the later slate, he'll be like a guy I let go 10 or 15%, but I won't be excited about ah, Guess they had their eye on him too. So I, uh, I don't love taking – I'm with you on taking lefties against Houston. I do not love doing that. Gets you in trouble when you do it. I know better. And yet, I really like Jesus Luzardo as a pitcher. It's going to be ah, tough for me to leave him on the table, they had their eye uh, especially at 7,700 on FanDuel. I think he's talented enough to overcome this lineup. Uh, it's not something I'm going to do a ton of, and I don't necessarily want to push anybody out there who's listening to me right now into making that play. I think you guys should probably listen to Emac. Uh, that said, 
Kid's a pretty good strikeout pitcher. Uh, he's twenty three point five percent this year. Ah, uh, overall, they uh, had their eye on him too. X uh, in his thirty eight innings, so pitching pretty well. Uh, his career twenty six percent strikeout rate, zero point eight nine home run per nine. Uh, he was better than that in the minors. He's thirty five to forty percent strikeout rate in the minors. Just an excellent track record. Very good at limiting walks. Giving up a little bit of hard contact this year. Uh, gets by on his fastball and his curveball. The Astros, like Emax said, are deadly against lefties. Uh, they sit six ah, in the league with a 220 ISO. They had their eye on him, too. 28 WRC plus, so 28% better than the average uh, creating runs against lefties. 17.8% strikeout rate against lefties. Very, very good in the split. So tough, tough spot for Luzardo. Tough ask. But I do like the price. It's it's probably 2,000 short for, a pitcher, for the pitcher's talent in a vacuum. Uh, so taking the opponent out of it, you're getting a discount. Uh, but you have to consider this opponent. So limit the amount you do it. If you're listening to me, you should probably just listen to Emac. DraftKings, are you listening? You are using the Nationals infielders picture. Ah, <laughs> for the Houston Astros picture. Uh, yes, I am confirming. It does. I, I did a little Google image search. This is some sort of Nationals throwback ah, hat or something that he has on. They had their eye on him too. The Potomac Nationals or something like that. Ah, but I can tell they had their him, eye on him well, too. One because it looks like him and two. He's got braces. <laughs> so <laughs> in both in both these photos, it's it's definitely his. So I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'll, do a little screenshot here and and Snapchat or what do we call it? Slack chat this to you, just so just so you can see um, the difference here. But yeah, this is and again to be fair, this common name. You know, it's they're both ball players. They're both rookies. So this is just one of those where it, it should be no surprise that it's happening. But uh, it's happening. So the top one is the DK one that they're using and then the bottom one there is uh his actual nationals picture oh, so it's definitely him and those are two different yeah. days so in different in different unis That's, so yeah 100 percent him yeah. oh man. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun so there there we go there we go poor poor guy the other garcia poor <laughs> poor houston version there uh he he's got to share a photo with someone else it, well remember they had those two minor league guys i can't remember they both had like the same Essentially the same name, red hair, thick glasses, and uh, we're both like lefty pitchers and we're no relation whatsoever. Quick, make your you pick. Remember that from I like two years I ago? I remember the situation. I don't remember the name, but I remember the situations. Yeah, yeah triggering my mind because I think I had to hunt for it in Excel and fix it somewhere along the way. Yeah, I got I know. the Will Smith one again yesterday, which surprised me. Yeah, I thought I had that fixed. And then D Brown. How many sports is D Brown <laughs> playing? <laughs> So yes, there's there's quite a few out there. So it it happens. It happens. Just poor guy. It's kind of fun. All right. Um, anything else from Luzardo or Garcia before we wrap up? Two games to go here. Two good pitchers. I definitely think. Uh, yeah, I definitely think it makes sense to. Uh, even though I do like Luzardo a little bit to uh, roll out those Houston bats, uh, we can definitely get to some stacks there. Uh, the significant lefties in that lineup hit lefties pretty well. Uh, your, uh, your Brantley's, your uh, Kyle Tucker's. Uh, Reddick splits are down a little bit. Talent's down a little bit overall. So eh, not my favorite if he's in the lineup against a lefty, but pretty much everybody else is in play in that lineup, uh, and particularly all the big righties. And they just got Bregman back today, if I'm remembering uh, the update that I saw correctly, too. So that's another monster back going against Luzardo here. So yikes another ding against him uh but uh yeah it makes a lot of sense to get them i'll have them if i play lizardo and i think we could probably play some A's bats against uh whoever this kid is uh not much of a track record on him not much of a prospect from what i saw uh the arsenal looks like he's got a four seamer that he overuses a change up uh hasn't pitched above high a he was uh 35 strikeout in high a but kind of you know everybody is i think i was uh, 12% walks in high, high A. Not everybody does that, and that's not a good number. So I think the A's can capitalize on that. All right. Ah. Cruising. Guess they had their eye on him, too. One good pitcher left, and then three possibilities. Clayton Kershaw going against Arizona. The roof will be open for ah. this series. Guess uh, they had their eye on him, I too. Put that link in my article saying, uh, I like the Dodgers. I like them even more. If the roof's open, it was going to be in the upper mid to upper 90s at first pitch. That's usually around their break point this time of year where they start to say, hey, we're going to default to either open or close. And they always uh, let us everybody know for their entire homestand. It is subject to change from time to time, 
but they usually do a really good job of just saying, hey, here's what it's going to be. You can do a really good job when the default is it's 115 outside. We're not opening the roof. Uh, so it is going to be open a little more. That means it, it lessens the impact of the humidor uh, and, and turns into a little bit more of a, of a hitter's park. But I do want to call that out. Kershaw, 10,500. Seems like one of our, our three or four excellent choices we have. Where does he stand for you? I'm guessing Darvish 1, Bauer 2, Kershaw 3. Oh, you know what? Let's see. I haven't actually sorted the column here, so let's see how on point that is. What did you say? Darvish uh, 1? Darvish, Bauer, Kershaw. Darvish, Kershaw, Bauer, but it's very close. Okay. Give us, give us some insight here on... A decent margin. Yeah, give us some insight here on Kershaw. So Kershaw is pitching really well. Uh, everybody was saying, uh, you know, Walker Bueller's the new Clayton Kershaw. He might have gotten mad and uh, decided that Clayton Kershaw is the new Clayton Kershaw because he's uh, got 30.6% strikeout rate so far this year, which uh, if it holds up uh, and if it was a real season, uh, would be his highest since 2016. 2.60 xFIP over his 36 innings so far this year, uh, 1.50 ERA. So the, uh, the back of the baseball card numbers are – Relatively real, 0.72 whip, not allowing a lot of opportunity, uh, 41 strikeouts over the 36 innings. So getting very good whiff on all his breaking stuff. Uh, so just pitching well. Uh, he's allowing a little bit of uh, hard contact, uh, 33rd percentile on exit velo, 36th in hard hit rate, uh, but striking out 82, 82nd percentile of, uh, strikeout rate. Uh, 86th percentile in fastball spin, so very heavy spin fastball. Just pitcher I trust, known commodity. Looking at the Diamondbacks, they're dead last in the league against lefties with a 106 ISO, a 56 WRC plus, a 22.4% strikeout rate, which is pretty high against lefties, and an only a 5.9% walk rate. That's a great, great spot for Clay Kershaw. So I really like getting to him. I can justify that all day long, uh, even for 11000 on FanDuel. Pricey, but not the priciest guy on the board over there. Maybe people go to some of the other guys. Maybe people pay down at pitcher and we get Clay at a uh, bit of an ownership discount. So curious to see where he comes in as far as the ah, public, but I love him the most. Guess they have their eye on him too. How much do they miss Goldschmidt and AJ Pollock? <laughs> just noted <laughs> just, lefty hammerers. <laughs> just a little bit in that lineup. And then, they, I mean, not even uh, Starling Marte in there from the beginning of this year. So, and he was producing against lefties. So, yeah, just not a good lineup against left handers. All right, final game of the night. We've got Nick Margavichus. I think I got it right this time, going against uh, Tyler Anderson. This one is in San Francisco. It is going to be, I remember it's going to be cooler. It will be in the low 60s, as in 61, 2, or 3 at first pitch. We have a little bit of a breeze going to the outfield, uh, 70, 80% humidity. Uh, that's just a factor of being right on the bay, literally right on the bay. How do we want to handle the pitching? I, I'm I'm thinking the weather offsets the the juice, the alleged juice to baseballs. A yeah, that temperature that temperature dropped, and so did the scoring. That's for yeah. sure. So uh, yeah, it's interesting. Ah, um, we saw they had their eye on him too. Uh, put up a good start out there. Uh, I think Gallon put put up a pretty good one, if I'm remembering as well. But I don't want to. Don't quote me on that. I don't actually remember. Yeah, I think he, but, he had the strikeouts. He gave yeah. up a couple runs. Yeah, a couple runs, right? Yeah. So uh, so anyway, um, talking about Margavicious or however we're we're saying that, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anyone other than fantasy analysts actually say it. So Margavicious. Sure. It's like gavel. It's not Marga. It's Margav. And it's, I sat there and I listened to two Mariners broadcasts with him on it to try to say it right and still got it wrong. And so I haven't said it or heard it from anybody in two, almost two weeks now. So I'm trotting out. I hope that's correct. I'm counting on muscle memory here. It sounds better than my clunky pronunciation, but uh, however we're saying it, I'm not a big fan of playing Nicky M tomorrow. <laughs> He's uh, 2.13 home run per nine for his career to lefties, 1.57 to right-handed hitters. Uh, he's given up four in 25 and two-thirds innings this year, 17.8% strikeout rate for his career. Um, just not a pitcher who's really built up any trust with me. Striking out 22.6% of hitters this year, uh, walk 4.9%, 4.0 x FIP. So he's all right. 
uh, in this ballpark, if it's playing like this ballpark with the cold weather, he could get by. He could put up an okay cheap pitcher DK kind of a start. I don't think I want to go there really, uh, even at 7,200 on FanDuel. I just, I don't know that I need the savings and I don't know that he's the guy that I want to get to in that price tier if I am going cheap. Uh, he's relatively close to uh, where Luzardo was, even though it's a worse matchup for Luzardo. I trust that pitcher more. So that would be an interesting decision point for me tomorrow. Um, I don't love this Giants offense. I'm not, you know, I don't think they're threatening. I, I don't know that anything's real, but they are fourth in the league uh, with a 226 ISO and a 132 WRC plus against lefties this year. Second best behind the White Sox, uh, which is with an absurd w, uh, 152 WRC plus. So that that's killer. I mean, they are uh, 32% better than league average at creating runs against lefties. They only strike out 19.8% of the time, walk 10.1%. So they've been getting it done. Uh, I don't like paying up to get to them, which is what you have to do these days over on DK. It kind of makes sense to go the other way and play some of the pitcher. So uh, yeah, tricky spot. I'm curious to see what Alex thinks of it. I think I prefer the bats to the pitcher if I had to play one side of it, but neither is really high up on my board. Yeah. And this one, the one thing I want to remind everybody that I do subscribe a lot to is, is weather. When it's really hot or really cold, I think that has a, a quite an adjustment. And this is something that we didn't have the luxury because of various world health concerns and conditions. We didn't get to see a lot of spring baseball. And we forget how much the, the scoring changes from the beginning of the year and into the summer. We also had the universal DH this year. So we stepped right into it without, uh, you know, with, with two different ramp up periods for a lot of the pitchers, et cetera. So a lot of the wildness here uh, or, um, variability and outcomes is you know is is something that i think is masking a lot of what we know is tried and true with regards to baseball and weather is a is a huge 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 factor in that so i think because it's cooler here that that's a, that's a a condition that should help out um, another interesting spot where we saw that so, or we were seeing it play out somewhat on um tuesday night is in chicago where they had the, the the breeze coming in at 10 to 15 miles an hour. And I forget what the first pitch was, but it was like, what, 60 degrees or something like that. Kind of a, a little drizzly day there in Chicago. So that that's one of those where, you know, even though I said, you know, take lefties against Molly, um, it's one of those where you're like, okay, but this is a much, this is not Chicago what it was three weeks ago when it was 100 degrees there and the wind was slightly blowing out. Big changes. And those dramatic swings, I really think, impact baseball a lot. So. Yeah. And it really happened quick to us this year too. So the public might not necessarily be on top of that change. You know, nobody's really used to it being basically mid September somehow at this point, to me, it still feels like it's early June, maybe going by like the baseball and sporting calendar. Yes. So it's just such a weird year, but yeah, I'm with you. All right. That is going to do it for us. Reminder, we have wall to wall content. Get, check out the YouTube channel. All sorts of free stuff. We've broken out the podcast channels into different sports to help out. We still have the main one that does get most of the, the stuff on it, uh, on it, but we've broken out into baseball, golf, football, and, and basketball um, just to help those of you that, you know, save last three episodes or save last five episodes. We're putting out five, six episodes on our podcast a day. Uh, you know, for anything that's not live before lock, usually from our YouTube channel ends up on the podcast. Check that out. Tons of great content, tons of football content coming up. Promo code SLEEPER, it ends today. If you guys have not used that yet, you get 25% uh, off one month of Osmo Premium NFL content. We're going to throw in the draft kit for free. With that, gamers, good luck. <laughs>